Blog Talk Radio. It's Labor Day weekend, and we have a treat for you. It's a short show today with only one guest, but she's the perfect guest. Taylor Gray joins us with her unique alt-pop. Welcome to Music Friday Live. Los Angeles, California, the music capital of America. It's Music Friday Live. I'm your host, Patrick O'Heffernan. This is your show. Our guests are here to talk to you. So you can call in, 347-215-7511, or email us. You know, I know you're sitting there at work with your earphones on, so email us, musicfridaylive at gmail.com. And actually, some of you have already emailed us. You're getting a jump on things. Welcome to our listeners on Blog Talk Radio and also on the CyberStationUSA.com network and their radio stations that are going to hear us later tonight. And also welcome to everybody listening to us tomorrow on the Artistic Echoes Network in the UK and everybody listening to us on Stitcher and iTunes. If you have a question or comment, call in, email, particularly if you're listening to us on a podcast or in England, email and we will see to it that our guests get your email. Speaking of our guest, if you love pop like I do, Taylor Gray is your girl. There's a form to pop, you know, but the really good artists know how to go beyond that form and honor it. Gray does that. Every song is a carefully crafted work of art. She delivers the notes and the words, but she goes beyond the notes and the words to make you think and to make you feel. It's more than just a soundtrack in your earbuds. Taylor Gray can create a soundtrack for your life. And no wonder. She began her musical career at 12 years old, and she was writing her own lyrics at that time. She studied opera. She taught herself piano and guitar. And she threw into the mix classic rock, jazz, 90s hip-hop. They all went into the mix of what she does. And what she does can best be called, I think, generational music, kind of raw, alt, and refined pop. And it works. She debuted in 2016 with an EP, Mind of Mine, 1 and 2, that put her on John Whiteside's Summer Lovesick Tour. And later she joined the Summer Set Sold Out Made for You Tour in the fall of 2016. She released her first album, Space Case, last year, cementing her place in pop and creating a springboard for more. And she's got a new song coming out today. We'll talk about that. But in the meantime, here she is. Taylor Gray, welcome to Music Friday Live. Thank you for joining us today. I know you have a show tonight in Los Angeles, and we really appreciate you taking the time to be with us. Thank you so much. I am so stoked to be on your show. Uh, I love it, and thank you for having me. I'm really excited. <laughs> okay, well, before we go any farther, I mentioned that you're you're on stage tonight, so let's tell all of our LA listeners about that. You're going to be playing in Hollywood at the legendary Hotel Cafe. Uh, what time should people be in the seats and ready to listen to you? So I'm going on right at 8 p.m. So to get the seats, you should get there a little bit earlier. But yeah, 8 p.m. 8:45. Okay. Well, for our listeners in Los Angeles, the Hotel Cafe is is on Coinga between Sunset and Hollywood, and you enter from the back of the building. And uh, Taylor is absolutely correct. You need to get there early. There will be a line. Um, now, 
Taylor, do you know you're going to be following in the footsteps of um, the likes of Katy Perry and John Mayer and Ed Sheeran? I do. I am nervous, but also so excited. I know Katy Perry got her start there, and like John Mayer is my songwriting inspiration, so this is going to be a big night for me. I'm really excited. (laughs) Well, don't be nervous. You know, um, told me that when he walked out on stage with Crosby, Stills, and Nash, and there's 50,000 people out there, he was terrified until he opened his mouth and started singing, and then it all went away. So I'm sure you're you're going to be wonderful on that stage, and I'm going to be down there watching you too. So, anyway, let's. Um, you know, I think that some of the magic of those earlier stars, like Katy Perry, is going to rub off on you. You seem to have a way of making your own magic. How did you find your way onto the the Whiteside tour? So that was a very very fun tour. It was the first time I ever had been on tour. And it kind of was, like, it was very much serendipity. Uh, Jacob's manager found my manager, and our sounds just kind of created a nice, like, they were just kind of harmonious together, and it felt like a good fit. Uh, So I was super stoked to join that tour. And, uh, yeah, it was just, it was very much pure luck that it happened, and we happened to overlap, and it happened, like, I was just getting out of school. It was it was really awesome how timing lined up on that one. I'll say it was, and uh, um, speaking of school, uh, I, I you uh, wrote your album, Space Case, while you were a student at Stanford. You're still a student at Stanford. Now, uh, I know Stanford, <laughs> uh, it's, it's not an easy place to be, and I'm sure you've answered this many times before. But how did you manage to juggle all of that and still be successful in in both the academic realm and the music realm? Well, thank you for thinking that I am juggling both of them, which is awesome. Yeah, I think a lot of people are like, oh, she can do it all. Uh, But it's definitely hard. It was very hard for me to do both school and music. It required a lot of sacrifice and a lot of traveling but ultimately, oh, and a lot of coffee. That's definitely uh, <laughs> underestimated. It was a lot of late nights and early mornings. But uh, and, and yeah, it was. And you're not you're not taking an easy subject either. You've got a pretty tough major, yeah. don't you? <laughs> yeah, I'm studying neuroscience, so I definitely could have chosen an easier <laughs> route. But it helps with the music a little bit, you know, understanding the human psyche. I'll bet, and I guess I think that's one reason why your songs are as good as they are, and and I want to play one now. In fact, why don't we play the title song, Space Case? Let's do it. She's just a girl who's got a lot to say. Just a girl with a mind a thousand miles away, miles away.
You, you know, it's hard to think of a, a Stanford student as a space case, but I suppose it's possible for undergrads. I only knew grad students when I was there. Um, your album was produced by a uh, an all-star team, Josh Abraham, Nico Stadi, with appearances by Brad Simpson and Spencer Kane. Um, what was the distribution of labor? Who did what? Uh, so, yeah, I definitely... I'm so lucky to be surrounded by uh, a group of like very, very talented people. Um, so my on Space Case, Nico, Stadi, and I have worked really one-on-one on creating the songs. Um, I worked with other producers like Brian Morton and Benjamin Taylor, too, who were my first producers in L.A. Uh, and then Josh, who kind of runs as uh, a co-CEO of Pulse Music Group, kind of oversaw the whole project. Um, but I tend to like to make sure that all of the melody and all of the lyrics come directly from me, uh, ex- except when I was collaborating with Spencer Kane, and then we wrote it together. But usually okay. I like the lyrics to be online, just so it's more personal and authentic. Well, it works, <laughs> obviously. Uh, and what <laughs> else works is, is you have a very unique voice. Uh, you, you could almost pass for Nashville twang, but, but not quite. And you could almost pass for radio pop, but you got a lot more depth. Is that due to your opera training? Do you really, it's kind of a very precisely controlled instrument for you? Uh, well, thank you. That's kind of what I'm, I'm going for a little bit. I get the country thing a lot, a lot when, especially when I was younger. A lot of people thought I should go the country route. But I was like, that's so inauthentic. I'm from California. You know, I can't make that up. I don't want to that away from someone who actually is, uh, you know, has that country twang to them. Uh, but yeah, I don't know if it was necessarily the opera, but definitely musical theater um, helped. And then I started songs when I was in fifth or sixth grade, just as a way to understand my life. So well, like a little bit of the musical theater vocal plus the questions and having music be part of my identity at a young age kind of combines. You know, you, 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 you mentioned um, musical theater and um, uh, something I know a little bit about because my, uh, my wife's been in musical theater all her life and actually she's in auditions right now for a new play. Uh, so I have an idea of the combination of precision and joy that musicals require. Um, is that influence in your music today that that uh, you look for both precision and joy the way you have to when you're out there singing on stage? Totally. That's a really good way to put it. I like that a lot. Um, but yeah, my pipe dream is like, you know, <laughs> if this doesn't work out, I would die to be on Broadway. That would be so amazing i would need to learn how to act and dance um so i definitely need to get those down but i mean i grew up loving musical theater and just the kind of intimate it is with the audience even though you're performing it's you know you need to bring them into your story so i think that's helped me with my writing that background just kind of creating that connection well, I'm going to play uh, one of those songs that, that evokes that, that kind of connection, that kind of joy, and the or sort of fun that uh, musicals do. And actually, this is a song I believe was was released today. This is uh, Back to Bite. Yeah. 
You know, I, I could see that song um, inserted into the Rocky Horror Picture Show with you on stage in vampire makeup and a chorus of singing bats behind you. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> you, I think you just created my music video. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it, it's just so much fun. Uh, and and yet, you know, at the same time, it, it, it's it's serious. So. So is there a guy out there who needs to keep his eyes open and be careful he doesn't get bitten? Oh, there are so many. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> you know, <laughs> this song for me was, you know, I, I wanted it to range from, you know, being about a specific relationship to kind of an entire, uh, like, feminist, uh, like kind of, like, song about, you know, being empowered and taking back your voice, especially in the climate that we're in right now. So I wanted it to be able to appeal to where anyone fell. Like if it was someone who just experienced like a really bad breakup, they could use that as their empowering song or someone who's, you know, a young woman in, uh, you know, any sort of industry who's feeling um, like their voice doesn't matter and have that speak to them um, there in that realm. So I kind of just wanted it to be a, just an anthem for empowerment. Well, there's two lines in the song that, that I return to several times. All of us here in the studio return to several times and, and as we listen to that song and all of your music. And those lines are, unless, un, unlike you who never learned how to treat a woman with basic human rights. Um, was that an issue for you? Has that been an issue for you? You know, yeah, I, I think not as much for me than uh, than other people. You know, I'm a cis white woman, so, you know, I'm relatively very privileged in my life. But I've, you know, going to Stanford, going to a very diverse school, I've met a lot of people and heard a lot of stories uh, where they're not so fortunate. And, you know, it's a really – it's just living – their day-to-day life being who they are is a real struggle and that that just doesn't sit well with me that doesn't feel okay that someone who's not hurting anyone and just being their authentic self is threatened on a day-to-day basis that that really hurts me and um I felt like I wanted to touch on that you know be inclusive of those people those women as well who feel like their identities aren't validated by the general public you know, Stanford, like many universities now, uh, has a very um, extensive policy about sexual harassment and harassment in general and gender equality. Uh, um, did you find or have you heard of instances either at Stanford or at other colleges of, that kids that you knew uh, went to where that pol- those policies were ignored? Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. I think, um, you know, I started Stanford the year after the Brock Turner case. So that was kind of the big part of the the climate, the the campus climate. And I actually uh, wrote a, we have required writing classes called Power. And my professor was really awesome. And I, we got to write about whatever we wanted. So I chose, um, to use the Brock Turner case as a way to like examine how society or or Western society talks about sexuality and society and how we usually start these conversations through the topic of consent. 
and how it needs to start way before that, you know, so we don't have to unfortunately learn about sexuality through a sieve of consent when, you know, something has already gone awry. So that's been a big part of my Stanford career is examining that and talking to people. Um, You know, I'm a big proponent of, you know, the Me Too movement and just people being able to, you know, find their voice again that has been taken from them. For our listeners who may not be familiar uh, with the the Brock Turner case, they should uh, um, do a little research on people versus Turner. But he was a a student who was um, convicted of three counts of sexual uh, assault, but uh, received a very light sentence, and I believe Jeanette was uh, recalled. Um, did you did did you find moving from high school to college um, that male behavior towards you changed? Hmm. Well, uh, so as as you know, as we talked about, I grew up 15 minutes away from Stanford campus. So that was not a big pack up and move away to college <laughs> at <Okay>. all. But, <laughs> but, but the you society know, I did... in high school is different than the society in college. Totally. Yeah, you are absolutely right about that. Um, it's it's very different. I feel lucky that I, I, I've been lucky thus far to surround myself with mainly really good people. Um, but absolutely, I think a big thing that happens um, is more, you know, outside of Stanford, uh, where you kind of have to, I found that I have to prove myself a lot more. Um, and just, you know, saying that you go to a prestigious university isn't enough. Uh, I don't know if you've heard the term mansplaining, but, <laughs> yeah, but yes. you know, I've had a lot of people uh, explain very simple concepts to me because they're like, oh, you're a blonde female. You don't know anything. <laughs> oh, oh. Um, you know, we did an analysis of, of our of the show uh, recently, and we found that 62% of our guests were women. And we began to Hell think, yeah. well, interesting, because that wasn't the policy. You know, we, we, we take people as uh, they're presented to us or as we find them uh, and we like them. And, I, and um, what that told me and kind of looking back over the history of the show and looking, and looking back over music is that women are starting to really kill it in music. Uh, I know there's a lot of complaints, particularly at the Grammys, but I'm seeing more and more women at the drums and on lead guitar uh, and the bass. They're not just front people any longer, and they're back in the studio. They're on the uh, uh, the Ableton. They're 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 producing. So at least to me, from my little tiny vantage point, it looks like that the music world is beginning to change. And I don't know, has that been your experience? Yeah, I mean, I love seeing that. I totally agree. My keys player on tour was an awesome female named Kayla who killed it on the keys. Um, so I love that. It makes me want to be like a drummer or a bass player, you know, and just jam out and like learn how to do that. Uh, but yeah, it's super awesome. It just it's it's nice and it makes you feel comfortable to have an like kind of an equal part like male and female. You know, it just it makes you feel more comfortable. Like, oh, I'm not I'm not an outlier. You know. It feels you. safer. Let me let me remind our audience that we're not talking to an outlier, but yet we're talking to uh, Taylor Gray, and you can talk to her <laughs> too. You can call in 347-215-7511, or you can email. A lot of you have emailed, so why don't we just uh, turn to some of the emails here? Uh, <clears throat> this is from um, Remy in Los Angeles, and <laughs> she wants to know if you ever get the dumb blonde treatment from men in music, and then she uh, goes on to say, 
I went to Harvard and I still get it. And I'm thinking of dyeing my hair red. <laughs> that's awesome. I mean, yeah, that's exactly what we were talking about. Um, congrats yeah. to you for going to Harvard. Um, but that's hilarious because I had the exact same thought a couple of weeks ago. Um, my mom is a redhead and like I was like always bummed that I never got that gene. I was like, oh, so close. I could have been a redhead, but I'm not. Um, and I was thinking about dyeing my head red, dyeing my hair red. Good job, good English, Taylor. Um, but yeah, that's so funny. No, uh, I would say if that's the question, don't dye your hair red. Don't change for people. Let society change and help change society. That's unless go. you like red, then go for it. <laughs> um, Lisbon in Austin wants to know what's with the shirt that saves lives. Oh my gosh. That was okay. So that was for the AMAs last year. Um, the pre show, I did a pre show opening up for Walk the Moon, which was so fun. Um, but the shirt um, that the shirt saves lives was for St. Jude's um, Foundation and helping, uh, you know, the, their cause with uh, cancer. So that's what that was for was promoting their charity cause uh, and trying to get the awareness out. They're doing great things at St. Jude's. (laughs) All right. Well, Watkins in Chicago uh, writes, um, my GF girlfriend uh, found you on Spotify and loves your songs, but she wants to know if you get extra credit in your classes for being a popular singer. Oh, my gosh. I should use that. (laughs) No, no, I do not get extra credit. If anything, uh, I get negative credit because sometimes I have to leave class or one time I left during midterms for two weeks to go on tour yeah so no it does not help me (laughs) okay Uh, Phoebe in San Diego wants to know if you have any uh, live events planned for San Diego Uh, I do not have anything currently but we are planning some tours right now and San Diego I love San Diego, so that for sure will be a stop sometime in the near future. Okay. Well, we've been having so much fun that we are not going to be able to play all of the music we wanted to play, but we are going to play my favorite song from the album and one of my favorite songs anywhere. Mm-hmm. This is uh, um, Poison, so why don't we play a little Poison here? said that's my my favorite song in the album and also it's uh, on on my regular playlist now too it really calls to me it's an earworm um i the song is about the confidence of knowing who you are and the vortex you can get sucked into when a new love enters your life but i wonder do you really lose yourself in a big crowd is that just you (laughs) 
<laughs> I see what you did there. Uh, yeah, I do. That's very true. I am an introvert at heart. You know, I like to say I'm the lamest 21-year-old I know. I would much rather chill at home watching my, you know, my true crime documentaries than go out on a Saturday night. Um, so I just wanted to <laughs> write something that felt true to me. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't do well in. It, it always reminds me of the Great Gatsby quote that, uh, you know, I never feel more alone uh, than in a big party. Or I love big parties; they're so intimate. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So you feel very in touch with yourself when you're surrounded by a bunch of people. Yeah, mm-hmm. so that's that's true. That is just me. <laughs> okay, well, we're we're, we're going to watch you uh, feel alone in a big crowd uh, tonight on stage at the uh, <laughs> the hotel cafe. And somehow I, I have a feeling you're not going to be alone. Or you're not going to feel like it either. <laughs> um, once again, let me remind our listeners in Hollywood and Los Angeles that they should. Uh, be at the Hotel Cafe tonight uh, to see Taylor on stage. She's in uh, the uh, uh, Stage 2 room, which means you really get to be intimate and up close with her. You're on uh, at 8 o'clock, and I'm recommending people line up at 7, 7.15 or so, because this is going to be a sold-out show, and I know you're really excited about it too, aren't you? I'm so excited. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, well, uh, before we, we let you go, though, uh, you know, you've got a, a great voice. You've got road chops. You know how to go on tour and, and stay sane. You know how to mesmerize the media. You know how to write great songs. So what's next? Graduating. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> that is true. I need to make my parents proud on that one. Uh, but, yeah, what's next for me in terms of music is there's going to be an EP uh, with all the songs. Everything I'm playing tonight is completely new. It's never been played before, never. Like, the first time it's going to touch people's ears is tonight. So wow. I am really excited. So there's going to be an EP, and it's just what's new is me writing music for me. Uh, and pretending like I don't care anymore, but really secretly hoping that everyone still loves it, um, but really just trying to be authentic to myself. Okay. Well, I'm looking forward to that. I hear the, the, the new music tonight, so I will be there in the front row, and everybody else should be there too. Taylor Gray, thank you so much for spending the time with us uh, today, and I'm looking so forward to seeing you tonight. Thank you. I'm stoked. Taylor Gray, follow her at taylorgraymusic.com and, you know, in all the usual social media places. If you're in L.A., catch her tonight at the Hotel Cafe, 8 p.m., get there early. I will be there, and so should you. You've been listening to Music Friday Live with Patrick O'Heffernan from Cyber Station USA, Blog Talk Radio, and our radio affiliates and the Artist Echoes uh, Network in England. Get real-time updates on our guests. Music Friday Live is produced by Music Friday Live and the Fairness Radio, LLC. Our program director is Jason Bartlebin. Our inter- well, we don't have an intern anymore because Angeline got her own show. Yay, good for Angeline. Download, download this and other Music Friday Live programs at blogtalkradio.com or iTunes and check out the Music Friday Live Twitter feed. Uh, next week... We're going to talk with electro-pop star Ali Stone, who has taken Latin America by storm, singing to 50,000-person crowds and bigger, and is now doing the same thing here in Los Angeles. This is going to be an ex- a special extended interview. Check out our Twitter stream and our Facebook page, and we'll up-
So good night, everybody. Have a great musical weekend. Don't forget, next week is Ali Stone, who's, who, like I said, has been singing to huge amphitheater crowds in Latin America and soon will be doing the same here. And now we're going to give you another little treat. We're going to leave you with a little bit of Taylor Gray's Miami. Thank you.